This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Victories, defeats, moments of glory. It's more than just a single moment in sports history. They are points in time that influence world leaders. Sport has the power to change the world. Sport can create hope where once there was only despair. Start revolutions and guide societies. I am Emily Sissel. Join me as we explore the alternate realities of these moments and ask ourselves the question, what if? It's September 20th, 1973. Billie Jean King, 29 years old, is playing Bobby Riggs, 55 years old, in what is known as the Battle of the Sexes at the Astrodome in Houston. These two tennis players were trying to determine which of the sexes is better, male or female. Bobby Riggs was a self-proclaimed male chauvinist. He was known for saying things such as women don't have the emotional stability to play sports or that they play about 25% as good as the male athletes. Billie Jean King took this, like most females would, to heart and they ended up playing a tennis match for the ages. They played at the Houston Astrodome with 30,000 spectators and 50 million people watching on TV. King entered on a gold litter that was carried by men dressed as Egyptian slaves. Riggs then entered on a rickshaw pulled by women. This entrance could better be known more as a boxing entrance, but because this match was such a big deal and a spectacle, they decided their entrances would be just like that. It is well known that Billie Jean King ended up winning this match. The exact scores for the sets were 6-4, 6-3, and 6-3. This win legitimized professional women's athletes, female athletes as a whole, and women's rights. The lead up to this match is just as interesting though. Because initially, Bobby Riggs actually played a different athlete, Margaret Cook, on May 13th, Mother's Day. He used a variety of different lobs, drop shots, spin shots, which is a whole bunch of fancy stuff to say he played a different type of game than women play. It is well known that the difference between male and female sports is the fact that we play different styles. When you look at men's soccer and women's soccer, people will say that men's soccer is at a faster pace, but it's actually more the fact that we play a different style than men do. This match was known as the Mother's Day Massacre. He ended up beating Cook 6-2 and 6-1. This loss is what led Billie Jean King to actually accept the challenge by Bobby Riggs. Because previously, 
She continuously told him, no, I'm not going to play you. So the question that I ask you guys is what if Billie Jean King had lost this monumental tennis match? There were a lot of different things in history that ended up happening after Billie Jean King won this match. The overall impact goes as follows. In 1972, Title IX was passed. And for those of you who don't know Title IX, there's a couple parts to it. One of the parts, and you might know this as an adult working in the workforce where you have to do Title IX training, is the fact that it prohibits discrimination on the base of sex, but it will actually go into sexual harassment and sexual violence in the workplace. So you can't have men calling you, oh, it's all right, baby, you can just pick it up later, or you know, any other annoying thing that you may have been told in the workplace, as I have in the past. But one of the other big things is that it actually prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex and education programs and activities, which means that if you have a men's football team in the fall for a high school, you would also have a women's field hockey team, for example. Or if you are offering men's basketball, you're also offering a women's basketball team. This passed in 1972, a year before the match took place. However, it was after this match, post-73, that people actually started to follow this. So they actually started to implement it in schools. We know for a fact that even if the U.S. government says you have to do something, states don't necessarily follow. It was the same thing when we ended segregation in schools. Virginia was pretty much the last state to actually integrate the schools. So post-73, they actually started to follow Title IX, and it continuously is used to this day as a way to defend women in sports. There was an increase in funding that followed this as well. So there was a 545% increase in college sports and a 990% increase in the high school sports for women, as well as a major increase about those same percentages for the participation in those sports. The 70s and 80s also were known as the first generation of men to view women as not only the homemakers. They started to get more jobs. Maybe some men would actually stay at home and take care of the children instead of the women. We also start getting the first endorsements for female athletes. Now, this is big. We think about it now, and most of the endorsements we see on TV are still men. However, in the 1970s and post the 73 match, that is when you actually start to get women being endorsed. There was also an increase, specifically in the tennis world, of women's-only tournaments. In the past, they would be mixed-gender tournaments with all the men's matches having the highest prize money and having them be at the end of of the entire tournament to where, you know, more people were actually able to show up to these events. Women actually got together and said, hey, that's pretty messed up, so we're going to create our own women's-only tournaments. So, what if Billie Jean King had lost this match? Well, Title IX may not have been followed. There probably would not have been an increase in funding of these sports. The 70s and 80s generation of men, there would be a totally different view on women, and it would set the women's rights movement back decades. Women's only tournaments would probably have stopped. Endorsements for female athletes, who knows if they even would have happened in the future. And one of the biggest ones as well is the fact that Billie Jean King was one of the biggest defenders for gay marriage. And gay marriage being legalized by the U.S. Supreme Court is a much more recent thing. 
So if she had not been there helping defend this and push this along, who knows just how long we may have had to wait in order to actually even have that allowed. Billie Jean King was actually outed by news sources in 1981. Following that, she continuously was one of the main defenders organizing marches and putting a lot of money into helping both women's sports as well as the LGBTQ plus community. One of the funny things that I actually found was the fact that Bobby Riggs actually became, I'm not going to call him a feminist because I don't think anybody can call Bobby Riggs a feminist. However, he had a much bigger respect for women and the role in the community. They actually ended up being extremely, extremely good friends after this match. Um, Billie Jean King was a pretty laid-back gal. Um, after this match, she was totally cool with being friends with Bobby Riggs, especially afterwards. He said she played a great match and she was big. She was better than me. Now, a lot of people may say that the age difference between the two was pretty controversial, with King only being 29 and Riggs being 55. However, at the time, Riggs was pretty much one of the best male tennis players in the world. Billie Cheaton King, don't get me wrong, she was a great tennis player, but she was no, by no means the best in the world. Um, she just had the guts to go out there and to say, no, you're not going to beat me. I am going to outplay you. I'm going to look at how you play the game, and I'm going to make sure I can play that game better than you will. Overall, her story is possibly one of the most inspirational for me as a female and having grown up as a female athlete. Knowing everything that she's done and thinking about my own career in sports, um, I'm not sure if I even would have been able to participate in nearly as many just athletic endeavors. She allowed schools to actually fund these female athletes. And it's something that we are still focusing on because if you think about it, uh, one of the best basketballs in the player, Sue Bird, doesn't make nearly as much money or get nearly enough uh, love and respect as the same way as athletes like Steph Curry and LeBron James do. Even though she has more national championships and has gone to the Olympics, I believe it was six times this year. And it's not just Sue Bird. We also have our very own United States women national soccer team that doesn't get nearly enough love and respect as the way the men's national team does. People will say, yeah, the women are totally better, but we're not going to give them the same amount of money. Because that totally makes sense, right? The best athletes, no matter what your sex is, no matter what your, se your sexual identity is, no matter your sexual preference, your religion, your ethnicity, any of it. The best athletes should be the one getting the endorsement and getting the money for it. As usual, I like to leave you guys with some resources here at the end of the show so you can do some further research yourself. The movie I'd like to recommend you guys is Battle of the Sexes. It's a 2017 movie that stars Emma Stone and Steve Carell, and it's quite hilarious at several points. All In is an autobiography written by Billie Jean King herself and is actually recently released. And of course, since it's me, I want to leave you guys with a graphic novel slash comic book. It's called A Win for Women and it's by Brandon Terrell. Make sure to tune in next time as we take a look at the church's impact on sports and recreation as a whole. This is going to get a little more interpretive as we're going pretty far back more towards the 1300s, 1400s, and 1500s. But this is possibly one of the bigger stories that we will tell as the large impact it's had on society. 
And remember, always ask yourself the question, what if?